Welcome to CCO Podcast, calling college students to serve Jesus Christ with their entire lives. Thanks, Andrew, for setting this up and for everyone for being here. Um, my name is Patricia Sun, and I'm the CEO of Jalen Marketing. My goal for today is just to kind of share a little bit about what I do and how um, we integrate faith into our work at sports marketing and just to share a little bit about what I've learned in this process. So um, I'm going to just share some slides here really quickly to explain what I do. All right. So specifically, when we talk about sports and the kingdom of God, I'm talking about stewarding the platform of Jeremy Lin. So Jalen Marketing stands for Jeremy Lin, and I am the CEO of Jalen Marketing. Basically, what we do is we oversee the business the strategy, the philanthropy for everything that Jeremy does, everything he touches. So in my day-to-day, I'm working with social media teams. I'm working with his foundation. I'm working with his endorsers, um, his finance team, his agents to kind of keep everything running, but also to kind of set the vision for what we do with everything that Jeremy does on the court. And so for me personally, I've been working with Jeremy since 2012. Um, When Lynn Sanity happened, uh, Jeremy happened to be sleeping on my couch in New York City. So I'm his sister-in-law. And so that's how we started working together. And so we formed a small team then. And now we have um, four people working full-time to kind of manage everything that Jeremy does. And my own personal story is that I was a biochemistry major in college. So I have no athletic experience. I was never on a sports team of any kind. I was kind of pursuing a path to public health and medicine when everything happened with Lynn Sanity. And I just felt like this was something that um, God was doing something cool here and that I wanted to see what would happen. And so kind of took that step to work with Jeremy here. If you aren't familiar with Jeremy, um, his story is a very unique story in the basketball field. Jeremy was the first Asian American NBA player since 1947 to make it to the NBA. He's the the first player, one of the first few players to make it from the Ivy League to the NBA. And in 2019, he was the first Asian American player to win an NBA championship. He's kind of known for his faith, for his story, for some of his philanthropic work. And the power of his story has kind of made him a global ambassador and global icon around the world. And what we do at Jalen Marketing is we want to take this story that we feel like was really something that God gave Jeremy was something that is, I think if you're on the, on the side watching it, it really felt like it was a miracle. And and we felt like this was something that God was doing, something amazing that God gifted Jeremy. And we want to use that to steward that platform. And we think of that in three ways. So we want to steward his platform through evangelism, through philanthropy, and through culture creation. And I think evangelism and philanthropy are are kind of very obvious. When we talk about culture creation, we talk about what does it look like for an athlete to have faith? And how how do we do things differently? And how does that affect us making different decisions in our industry, in the business opportunities that we take, or in the strategy that we have? And for Jeremy, primarily, the main um, territories that we work in are greater China. So we're talking China, Taiwan, Hong Kong, and the United States. And that's been the bulk of kind of his fan following and the bulk of the business that we've been doing. Um, Some of the primary mechanisms that we use his platform in are through 
entertainment and endorsements. So these are some endorsements that we're involved in right now. And one of the ways that we kind of apply a faith lens is when we think about the endorsements that we choose. Uh, We try to find endorsements that can help embody certain values that we are trying to promote. So specifically for the sports brand, you know, we're partnered with XStep, a company in China, and we work with them very closely to kind of talk about these are things that Jeremy um, kind of embodies, like whether it's perseverance, whether it's belief, whether it's faith, and how do we integrate that into what these shoes are made to look like, what the message is behind the clothing, what the message is behind the apparel and all that. For some of our other endorsements, we think about things like how do we bridge East and West? Like how do we bridge China and the U.S.? How do we work with partners that help us kind of bridge that divide? When we talk about entertainment, this has been something that's been really powerful in China. In China, like the majority of uh, influence is still coming from like entertainment and from the celebrity culture. And so Jeremy has had the opportunity in China to be on multiple kind of reality shows that have to do with basketball. And we've found these to be like amazing vehicles to kind of share um, values in a country where you're not allowed to talk about your faith, where you're not allowed to say anything from the Bible. You're not allowed to like proselytize in any way. But when he's on these shows, he's able to kind of like interact with other players and coach them in a way that shows um, shows a different mindset towards failure, towards um service towards uh, servant leadership. And one of these shows that we were on, um, or that Jeremy was on two years ago, had up to a billion views in China. So that kind of gives you a sense of the impact that they have. We also, in China, we do a celebrity basketball game. You can see in the bottom right here. This is where we bring together a lot of like the top celebrities in China, and we have them play basketball together for philanthropy. And so that's been one way to kind of continue to promote philanthropy and like doing good for others in celebrity culture. Um, Jeremy has 20 million followers across the world. And I'm sure you guys all know social media is one of the most important ways right now to influence and to kind of share thoughts with other people. So we think about this all the time in terms of like, what is the content that we want to create? Like, what is it going to um, do in terms of sharing values? And I think there's this line that we kind of, talk about sometimes in terms of like, hey, like, is the way to be like, let me tell you a Bible verse, let me share my faith in every single post, or is it like, let's talk about standing up for someone else. And maybe we don't talk about faith there, but you reach somebody who maybe wouldn't have thought about that. And in a way that doesn't automatically turn them off because they're like, oh, here comes a faith post. And so that's a balance that we're always trying to find in social media is like, how do we share our values and how do we share our faith while still being able to bring a lot of people in. And you'll see here that um, there are two kind of like China only platforms. So Douyin, which is China's version of TikTok, and then Weibo, which is kind of like China's version of Twitter. Those have 14 million of our, our fans are just in China alone. And so that's a place where we can also continue to be very intentional about the type of content that we share with Chinese fans. Um, based because of the following that we've built, we're able to do evangelism and philanthropy with a specific focus on kind of the next generation. And so that looks like a couple different things like that is like share, like directly sharing his faith to rooms full of youth 
to college students, to um, people in Taiwan, to people that in places where we are able to share directly. But that can also look like basketball camps and basketball schools in China. And I think one thing that's been really interesting is like, even just in the way you teach basketball, it can completely change like someone's mindset towards why they play the game. So for example, in China, it's very common to, um, to either be an athlete or to be a student. And you don't really do both. And you don't really think of it as like, oh, sports is something that I can do for fun. Um, but in kind of running our basketball schools, we try to teach fun. Like we try to teach like, hey, this is, you don't have to become a professional athlete out of this. There are a lot of characteristics that you can pick up just from learning basketball or just from learning how to work with your teammates. And how do we kind of use teaching basketball to share those values? Another interesting thing about China is that, you know, there is a generation of, um, because of the one child policy, there's a generation of only children that are kind of learning basketball and sports. And so teaching them like what it means to like, not just go for your own stats and play team basketball, I think is really culture changing and is really powerful. Um, and philanthropy, like I think up in the top left, we have, uh, we did a campaign when COVID hit and we talked a lot about like, what does it mean to kind of be the light in a time of darkness and a time of struggle? And so these are some of the things that like, because of the platform that we built up, we try to do to uh, impact the next generation. Um, specifically for us and our platform, I think it's been a very interesting time. Like Jeremy has really represented like what it means to be a bridge between Asia and the US, what it means to be a bridge between Asian Americans and the general public. And so it's been really interesting to, as you see more and more athletes start to speak up on certain things like race, on justice, um, where do we kind of like find our role in this and how do you use your platform for that has been very uh, something that we've been kind of working on. And so I think lastly, what I wanted to share is just like what I've learned in this process in, in kind of working with Jeremy and I think like tangible advice that I could share um, for you guys as you think about your career and your future path. And I think the first thing is really like, don't limit what God can do. Like there are so many different career paths out there and they don't fall into like these like lines that we sometimes think of them as. And for me, like when I was in college, I was like, okay, well, I want to help people. I like science. So I guess I'm going med. Like this is, that's the path that that is, that's my choice. And I was always obsessed with like, okay, what is my future? God, where do you want me to go? How do I plan for my future? And I think God really showed me that like, you can plan all you want for your future, but he's going to open opportunities or he can do things that like you have no idea or that you can't expect. And so be open to like a lot of different paths and be open to what he might be able to do. Um, when Jeremy first got into the NBA, like I think for some of us, especially like with a faith background, it was really scary. Like we thought about like, how do you be an athlete and continue to be uh, committed to faith? Like there's so much temptation, there's so much money, there's so much sex, like there's so many things that are happening in the, in the athlete worlds that there was a lot of doubt of like, okay, can we do this and like not fall away? Or can we do this and not be influenced? And, and I think um, God really proved me wrong. Like God really proved any doubts that we had wrong and that like, if you do follow God and if you do stay true to him and you work on your own um, 
and you work on your own like relationship with him, the industry isn't going to be what's going to affect you in the long run. Like you can, um, you can kind of like stick to your faith and you can kind of do amazing things in industries that maybe you don't typically think of Christians being in. Uh, the other thing that um, I think I've learned in working at Jalen Marketing is that there are so many different paths to create change. Like, like I said, like it doesn't have to be, you know, I'm directly coaching someone to create change. Like there are so many ways through business, through social media, through um, marketing that we can think about how to do things differently and how to do things differently than the rest of the industry and be a light in that way. Uh, another, the next thing is that like, for me, it's been so cool to see that when you follow your interests and when you follow the things that break your heart, like there are ways that God can use all of those things together. So I think that in college, maybe like one of the things I kept thinking was like, well, I have to, you want to learn about the things that will lead to your career path, but you know what? Like you have a lot of interests. You have a lot of things that are that are naturally wired into you that make you tick that really like you like to learn about or that break your heart. And there are ways that God can integrate that into your future path. So don't necessarily just learn about the things that will lead to the future career path, like learn about the things that interest you. I am super interested in culture and like, I loved to kind of in my free time, like I would read a lot about like celebrities and like things that happen. And a lot of that seemingly like meaningless knowledge has kind of shaped like how I approach PR or how I think about a lot of things that we message and it's actually helped inform the way I do my work. And so yeah, I think there's a lot of things that can come out of the things that you are interested in. Um, I think one of the biggest things, no matter what industry you go into, whether it's sports or not, is to work on yourself. Like as a leader, no matter where, what industry you are in, you will have to work on yourself. You will have to know what it is that makes you insecure, what it is that makes you angry, what it is that makes you like, what is your working style and how do other people work well with you? And so no matter what you're thinking about in terms of your future, like spend that time on yourself and then figuring out your feelings, figuring out your past, figuring out what it is that kind of makes you tick because ultimately like leadership and, and, working with other people, like will bring out everything and be one of the most kind of, what are the most character building parts of your life? And then lastly, I think one of the things that I've learned a lot in this industry is to just find good people to learn from, to be mentored by and to be around. Um, When we first started this journey, it was really lonely in a lot of ways. There were not a lot of people in the sports industry that were thinking about how do you do things for God? And not a lot of people that understood like the Asian American experience or um, the Christian athlete experience. And as we've kind of like gone on, like we've found so many different people that are interested in some of the similar work that are doing things, maybe not in the sports industry, but they're thinking about how to do things differently in their industry. And when you find yourself in that community, like whether it's even people that you meet at Jubilee here, like hold on to that because God really uses community to teach us and God uses community to build us and to bring an opportunity that um, you might not have pictured for yourself. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about what I do and what we've done with uh, Jeremy at Jalen Marketing and some of the things I've learned along the way. So just want to see if there are any questions or any anything else that would be helpful to kind of hear about. So here's one for, oh, let's, let's go from RMU students here. 
um, what has surprised you most about your career path? Mm, that's a great question. Um, I think my career path in and of itself has surprised me the most like that, you know, when I first started out, like I didn't think I was like, I, there's no way I'm going into business. There's no way I'm going in, you know, like I didn't think that this was for me. I was always like, well, I want to help people. So that means nonprofit or that means medicine, or that means directly helping people. And it's been really surprising to me, like how much business shapes the world. Like you can help a lot of people as a doctor, you can help. And these are all like extremely noble fields. But if you take faith lens into these industries that are really shaping the world, whether it's business, whether it's sports, whether it's politics, like if you take this faith lens into there, like there is a lot of ways that the world is being shaped and that people can be helped. Um, that I think that like, I'm constantly amazed by in terms of like what God can do. If you really try to seek out what, um, how you, how he can be present in that industry. So what was it like, I think about, I also sort of ended up, I ended up in fundraising. I was a music student. I intended to go into performance. Didn't, you know, didn't get there. I mean, I sing I, and do things on the side, but, you know, my profession is now fundraising. So like for me, that was, I, I had built up for myself so much of what, of my identity as a singer. So like when you, when you were into public health and medicine and then totally changed to go over the, you know, to this thing with Jeremy, like what, what was that like? Was that like, um, I imagine it was difficult as you try to figure out, you know, what you want to do and understanding of vocation and how, how you get into that. Can you talk about that? Totally. Yeah. I think for a lot of people, um, for, for me, the biggest thing that I had to deal with was imposter syndrome, right? Where like, I felt like this is not what I trained for. This is not my education background. Like I don't have the business degree. I didn't have the business track behind me. Um, what I wanted to have the qualifications to rest on to be like, oh, this is what's going to make me good at my job or like look like everybody else in that field to feel like this is what's going to make me good at my job. And I think that was like the biggest thing to struggle. I struggled with. And I think Jeremy himself was like very much a um, inspiration in this sense where he really felt like God doesn't need you to look like anything or be uh, have all the like quote unquote credentials to be used. Like if a calling is a calling and even if it's not what you imagine for yourself, like God will use you. And so we, we relied a lot on like verses, like, you know, um, for when, for when I am weak, that I'm strong, like things like that for me. But yeah, like, I, I think that was, uh, probably in terms of identity, one of the biggest struggles. And even when we think about like retirement, like going from athlete to whatever it is after this, like there's a huge identity shift too, where I think, you really have to let go of like, and it's, it's not, you know, easy, but like, that's something that he's going to have to face too. And a lot of athletes face and coming off, it's like, that's been who you are. Like, and so I think for Jeremy, like part of it is like always trying to, even while he's playing to focus on like the change being who he is or like the influence and the good that he can do being who he is more than the basketball actually being who he is, I think has, has been helpful for him.
So what you talked a lot about um, at the end there, you know, working on yourself. So how, what did you do to like when you found yourself in this field where you had no skills, how did you turn that around and, and build up the skill set you needed? Yeah, that's a great question. So the interesting thing is like, there's not really a, um, there's not really a field for, for athletes teams. And so you'll find that within like athlete, within athlete circles, like everyone has a different team that they kind of form together for themselves. And so there's not really like a blueprint to follow in a lot of ways. And there are a lot of athletes that just go with like major agencies. So you'll hear like your Wassermans, your, you know, your uh, CAAs, like, and they will kind of like form a team for you. But for, you know, for athletes of faith or for people that are maybe smaller athletes, like you're kind of putting together a team for yourself. And this is where we really relied a lot on people that had done it before. So mentors like um, Jeremy reached out to Michael Chang, who was like the first Asian American tennis player and his family really helped him build a lot of the things that he worked on. And he was like huge in helping kind of explain like the lessons that he had learned. And so that's, it's, that's one of the like downfalls of being a trailblazer is there's not that many people that you can, like, there's not that anyone in the NBA that Jeremy can talk to about like being Asian American in the NBA, but there are people in the NBA that are Christian that he can talk to about like, Hey, how are you doing this? Like, um, what are you thinking about this? Like, who are your financial advisors and stuff like that? So we really reached out to a lot of people and we kind of learned a lot from the people that were doing it and tried to piece it together as much as we could. Um, so, yeah, I think that was a big thing. I think for me, like finding communities like Jubilee or like I'm a part of Praxis right now, which is a community of Christian entrepreneurs, like that's been amazing in terms of working on myself because we can talk about things like what do um, CEOs go through or like what do like how do you fire someone well as a Christian and all of these like topics that just make you feel less lonely, but also provide you resources for how to like deal with a lot of those things. Um, so that's been definitely kind of one of the best ways we've kind of learned. Um, I guess I could go. I had a question for you. I was just curious if you could maybe like tell us what it's like or what it has been like working alongside like such a like well-known athlete. And if maybe if he shared any of his struggles with you, like athletically, like especially being like a Christian person, like if he said anything to you personally, like, but what's been tough for him and conversely, like what's been worked out really well for him. Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, I think for him as an athlete, one of the things that we talk about a lot is anxiety. Like athletes are under a ton of pressure all the time, you know? And when Jeremy first started in the NBA, like I think people didn't know this, but every game, every game day, he was like incapacitated because he was so anxious about like performing about like, you know, one of the burdens that he's had to carry is that because he's the first Asian American, there's always been a lot of attention on him, even though like he maybe started out as a bench player. And so he always had this like intense pressure to need to like play well. Um, And so that's been like a really, a really big like journey and a really big learning curve. And I think that he's had to rely a lot on his faith for that and learning to let go of his performance and be able to like you know, after a game, like not beat yourself up about like what went wrong and just be able to be like, all right, next game. Like I still, I still think I'm really like, 
I'm a great shooter. I'm good. Like, it doesn't matter how many turnovers I had. I'm good. Next game. Like, that's a mindset that, like, he's really had to train into himself. And in a lot of ways, like, that is something I think that I would say, you know, if I were to speak on behalf of him, like, I don't think it's something that you can just do with faith alone. Like, I think that having people help you and, like, be, like, here, let me talk to you about your mindset. Like, he's talked to, like, coaches about that. He's even like therapy. Like, I think those are all things that are like, a lot of people don't understand like the mental struggles that an athlete can have, especially being well-known and, um, and, and in high pressure situations a lot. So the athletes that are able to like play free and like play confidently, like, I think that's a skill, like the, the mental battle of it has definitely been something that's like, um, that we've talked about a lot on his end. So Okay, so I guess someone has a question here about the best advice you can give in integrating your faith into workplace or job. Yeah, that's a really great question. I think for me, I have been lucky in a lot of ways in that like faith was always integrated into our workplace already. And that's not, you know, that's not the case for most people. Right. And I think I think one thing to think about before you get into a job is to think about culture. And um, as you think about like the opportunity, like also thinking about the culture and what you can do, because there are some situations where it is really hard to kind of like change the entire culture or like be the light in the middle of a like toxic environment. And so I would just say, like, try to find people that like you enjoy working with that, like you, um, can do cool things with together and find community in that. But I think in terms of like integrating your faith and your workplace into your, into the workplace or job when it's not a faith-based environment, I think my best advice, and this is more kind of drawing from Jeremy's experience, my best advice is to make sure that you have a support system outside of your job that can hold you accountable, that can like talk to you about things when you are, maybe the only person of faith in your job because holding on to that faith and like holding on to your own relationship with God is going to be like one of the most important things first before you can be a light to that workplace. Um, So for Jeremy, like in going into places with a lot of temptation, with a lot of like struggle where he's not all, where there aren't that many Christians, like really relying on family, really relying on his, his accountability outside of, um, his job has been really crucial, but then finding the Christians where he is at, like as much as he can, he's tried to have like Bible studies or like accountability groups in the teams that he's at. And you actually find that a lot of people are actually receptive to it when you're, when you're willing to be vulnerable about it. Um, But yeah, like finding the people to keep you walk that journey with you, I think is one of the most important things. I would, that, that is really good advice. (laughs) And, um, I I would just add that like, like I worked at a, a, um, another nonprofit arts organization, not Christian for five years before I came to CCO and the, just to add on and to what Patricia said is like spiritual practice. You know, if you root yourself in like, like she was saying with Jeremy, um, Bible studies and, you know, good prayer routines, those things affect how you then go about your, your work on a daily basis. So, so if you root yourself 
in prayer and then go into your secular envi- secular environment that helps you to continually act um, the way that you want to. And also, you know, having a clear, you know, what, what morals do you hold to? Like understanding your own morals and things that you hold to be um, critical. Like it's the things that you don't think about in advance that mm-hmm. you are, you then easily compromise when you get into a situation where, you know, maybe it's just somebody who curses a lot or something like that, but it's really easy to just slip into those things as well. If you don't think about it in advance and sort of plan it out, that's, that was my experience. Yeah, no, that's totally, thanks for adding that. I mean, I think like for us too, as Jeremy's core team, more than like, okay, what are we going to do with this big platform? One of the biggest things that we've are all invested in is like Jeremy's humanity, right? And Jeremy's faith. And I think that's something that like for a lot of athletes, like they start out with the best intentions, but it's a really hard thing. Like, like once you have money, once you have fame, like people come into your circles that um, you don't like always have people around you that you can trust or that you know why they're there. And you hear stories all the time about athletes being with accountants for like 20 years. And then they find out they were stealing with them the whole stealing from them the whole time, or like athletes having fallout with their parents because their parents, you know, did this or that. And it's, I mean, it's really heartbreaking. And I think that's one thing that like for us, like even in designing our workspace and designing our culture, when we talk about like, how do we make it so that we minimize the conflict of interest? Because these are things that you don't think about that could be temptations for people where it's like, we don't have to, where Jeremy doesn't have to think about, okay, are you guys advising me to do this because you're going to get some sort of financial incentive because of that. And so removing that kind of stuff, like from um, how we set up the business to begin with is something that like is really, uh, is really, and, and we know too, like, it doesn't matter like how much exposure something will get us. Like if it's getting in the way of Jeremy's faith or who he is as a per or him being able to be like a human being, then it's not worth doing. And I think that's, um, it's his, him, him setting the team up so that it could protect him in that way. Um, but us also trying to like execute on that, like I think has been part of like what's, what's helped a lot. So how did, like you talked about the platform and how critical that has been for you. Um, how did you come to, I mean, and you talked about how it's sort of built in Jeremy's beliefs and his character, but like how, how long did it take to come up with that platform? And like, because I was, I was thinking of that in terms of like, you know, what I was, what we were just talking about in the, like having those morals that, you know, that sort of guide you. Um, how, how long did it take to come up with that platform and how did you, was it like organic or did you have a process that you sort of used to develop? Yeah. That? yeah I think a lot of it in the beginning when we didn't really know, we were just kind of, I mean, Linsanity was like literally the most overnight you could get, right? Like all of a sudden it was like, all right, well um, the New York times is calling. What do you want to say? And that was very like, a lot of it in the beginning was like prayer and like gut and like, okay. um, And, and even like being okay with like taking it slower in the beginning when we felt like, okay, it's a lot for Jeremy to like be on the David Letterman show. Like 
Maybe it's okay that we don't go on the David Letterman show right away. And maybe it's okay that we take our time a little bit and figure things out. So I think it, it was definitely a process. It was definitely a process of like, okay, these are things that we think is right, but putting words to it and putting strategy, like piecing that strategy together, like did take a long time. I mean, we're nine years in and we're still kind of like coalescing some of those things. Um, but I think like in terms of like China, that was something that was like very, a lot of it was like the opportunities, the doors that did open, like it's not easy for anyone to work in China, especially someone of faith, because they don't like, they don't want you to come in and like proselytize. And so the fact that like doors kept opening in China and like opportunities kept coming up, like us like praying over that and discerning like, Hey, like, I think there is something that God wants us to do here. Um, those were things that like, and that kind of like led us in that direction and helped us crystallize like what the platform is in China. And that's why I say too, like you can't always like you make your plans the best that you can with the best that you know how, but you always stay open and stay like listening to where God is leading direction wise. Um, Cause when we started out, it's like, okay, well, the way to do it is to be like Michael Jordan's model. Like you try to do your own shoe line and you try to do licensing deals and stuff like that. And you can like go down those routes and, um, but like God led us in different directions and God closed certain doors. And so that's always like staying flexible to that while also staying prepared, I think has been um, kind of our, our approach to it. Uh, I guess I just had another question. Um, is there any, like project or anything you guys are kind of working on in the near future with Jeremy, like something that you're like trying to like a deal or like a show or something you guys are looking forward to. Yeah. Thanks for asking that. Um, So for us right now, it's really, we're in an interesting spot because Jeremy, I don't know how many of you are familiar with his situation, but he's playing in the G league right now, trying to get back into the NBA And that's been very interesting because on one hand we're planning for, okay, if, you know, he's 32, like if he plays three, four more years, um, what do we want to prepare him for in retirement? And so a lot of that is like one of the things that we're working on right now is setting up his foundation even more. Like we always had a foundation running, but we know that that is something that he cares a lot about in retirement. And so we're setting that up, but we're also trying to develop like all of the things off the court as much as we can so that, you know, when he's off the court and let's say he doesn't want to come back and he doesn't want to coach or he doesn't want to commentate, like, are there things that he can do in terms of speaking, in terms of writing, in terms of um, running businesses? Like those are kind of the things that we're setting up. And so I think off the top of my head, like I'm definitely looking into, I'm definitely interested in having him starting to write down a lot of his stories more. Like, I think that is one medium that we haven't explored a lot. Um, and then continuing to really like push social media is one of our things. And so he got on TikTok maybe not that long ago. And that's, you know, like all these, like everything is a new, a new venture to learn about and figure out. So those are all things that we're working on right now. And even, um, even like we're actually like going to be looking for more social media, um, team members as well. And so when I think about like ways, you know, the sports industry, it's like, it, there's much more than just uh, your coaching or your playing. There's a lot of peripheral people around that can really help a lot of these athletes too. So. We got one more question here. 
What is your favorite thing about combining sports and faith? Um, my favorite thing about combining sports and faith is just how many people you can reach. And um, I think, you know, when I thought about like my career, I thought about like nonprofit, right? Like what, like I said, and um, being in sports and, and faith, like it's been awesome to see like how many people we can amplify, how many people we can uh, are moved by, like that wouldn't listen, like are moved by sports and stories, right? Like I think we all, we all find a lot of inspiration from sports and we can tell a lot of stories about perseverance, about struggle, about faith. And so the fact that like sports allows for so many stories to be told, it's such a human thing that people can connect to and it can bring so many people together. I think that's been like so cool for me to see. And so when I see all these athletes, like doing all these other things, like it's awesome. Like it's like the, the fact that athletes can now be, run businesses and they can talk into politics. They can talk about their faith. Like it's just, it's been really cool to see how much, more the two when they're together can amplify each other and you can use sports as such a means to reach people that wouldn't come to your church or like that wouldn't listen about faith um but they will listen when you tell them a story about sports so i think that's been really cool to see i just had one more question i was just going to ask like if jeremy has had like good success uh, bringing basketball into china because i know like I have a few friends here uh, in college who are from China and they said like it's becoming increasingly popular there. So I was just curious, like if you could maybe yeah. talk about like how it's been for you guys. Yeah, no, it's um, so sports in China are like growing really fast and basketball is one of the most popular sports. Basketball in all of Asia is actually growing so fast. And so there's actually a lot of opportunities for people that are interested in um teaching sports overseas. Like there's a lot of people that are very receptive to that. Um, and I think like it's, it's been, in, uh, Jeremy had a year of playing in the China professional league. So that was really interesting for him to get to observe like what it's like for China professional athletes versus like American professional athletes. And there's still a lot of things that like Asia is working through in terms of like kind of what we talked about in terms of putting athletes on this track where they're just an athlete versus like they can be a student athlete and they can learn and, and do other things. I think that actually ends up affecting the culture of the league in, in sometimes negative ways. And so those are all things that like we think about sometimes in terms of like, how can we impact basketball in Asia and in a way that will bring values and kind of like bring more humanity to these athletes and allow them to learn other things besides just like, okay, you're an athlete. And then when you retire, there's nothing for you. Um, I think that's something we think about a lot, but yeah, sports are super, like there, even after everything that happened with the NBA in China, um, I know there was some controversy two years ago, like people in China still love basketball. They love, that's why a TV show about, basketball and a reality show can reach a billion people because they love it. They, it's such a, it's such a connection for, for different cultures. And I think that's, that's another thing I really love about sports. So. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much for the opportunity. I'll uh, prepare a few more slides next time <laughs> a little bit faster than I anticipated, but it was really great to kind of like hear your questions and, share whatever, whatever it is that we've learned in these nine, 10 years. It's, yeah. I'm very, um, 
very honored to be able to come share and talk about it. So thank you.